You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. I'm honored and humbled to be able to do something like this and be a part of something like this. And of course, we have laity doing different things in the church all the time. We've got lay leader Miles, Chai Ling, Corey, but I'm also bringing other people in to involve ourselves. I have Deacon Larry Rochelle, who will come up in a moment to read scriptures now and throughout the service. Uh, Larry is a deacon at Outreach for Lost Souls Baptist Church in Shreveport. It's a church which I've had uh, the good fortune to be in fellowship with. And they have brought a contingent of folks, Reverend Evans, Reverend Burns, Stephanie, and Patricia. And like all our guests, we are certainly them, welcoming them to them. So, Larry, if you'd start off with the scripture reading. Good morning. It's a blessing to be here. The scripture reading is going to come from Matthew, the 28, 19 to 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of age. This is the day the Lord has made. We can all rejoice and be very glad in it. So here we are on this Laity Sunday and as an act of service, here we go to do what we do for one purpose, to the glory of God. Let us pray. Almighty, merciful, awesome God, be with us now in every moment of every day, wherever we go, Help us to know what to do to serve you, to fulfill our vow in our membership and also our vow of faithfulness and how we, when we accept you as a public profession of faith as our Lord and Savior, may we be witnesses in all that we do, think, act in all our different ways, including in our prayers, our presence, gifts, and service. In Jesus' name, amen. I make this solemn vow. Well, when someone says that, not only when they do it really loud and a lot more microphone than I thought, then we actually listen and take notice because what follows is something probably very important and probably very personal. Well, certainly it is. When we go and take a vow, we take things very seriously. Today, we're gonna to think a little bit about our vows that we have made, maybe to another person, to a church, or to God. Now, we know what a vow is. It's a solemn promise. It is a certain pledge or personal commitment to someone, something, or an action. Some examples of our vows might be a vow of poverty, a vow of celibacy, a vow of silence, one that I could never uphold, a vow to take revenge, and of course our wedding vows. These are very serious things. So when we join the United Methodist Church, 
or we are baptized into a faith, we accept certain pledges or vows when we make that commitment. And it's a very personal commitment. The same type of process goes in many different traditions, many Christian tra uh, traditions. So we at the Methodist Church, we run through these vows often and often very quickly. But today we're going to slow down and examine these a little differently in a way that spurs us not just to the commitment and done, but take it on to action. So here we go. Consider how you are doing the things that in meeting these vows. Here are the seven vows from the United Methodist Church. Number one, to renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of the world and repent of our sins. Check two, to accept the freedom and power God gives us to resist evil, injustice and oppression. Check three, to confess Jesus Christ as savior, put our whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as our Lord. Check four, to remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representative in the world. Check five, to be loyal to, the, to Christ through the United Methodist Church and to do all in our power to strengthen its ministries. Check number seven, to receive and profess the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testament. Check. Oh yeah, I forgot number six. And I'm going to concentrate today on number six. To faithfully participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, presence, gifts, and service. Today, let's particularly focus on those participating parts of this vow, very important vow. Because as members of the church, all Christian church, the church united, we are wove, these vows are woven into the fabric of ministry all together to glorify God. Now, when we do these things as a Christian people, truly great things happen. Now let's dive into each part briefly as we examine how this affects what we do today, tomorrow, forever, here in the neighborhood and into the world. Um, so consider this. We are to faithfully to participate in ministry by our prayers. Prayers the spirit at all time in every prayer and suffocation to that the end keep alert and always preserving all the saints. Pray also for me so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador and change. Pray that I may declare it boldly as I speak. Prayer is a powerful thing. Many people underestimate the power of prayer because they think they don't understand what its power is or where it comes from. It is sometimes mocked as empty words or inaction. People who mock, people who earnestly examine or offer thoughts and prayers do not understand 
that the power does not come from any of us. It comes from God. All sources of power in the universe, the atom, wind, fossil fuels, that fusion reactor in the sky we call the sun, all of them have limits. But the power of God through prayer is limitless. It is without limits. And that is all the difference. Some describe their prayer as conversations with God. We must also understand, though, that any good conversation also involves listening as well as speaking. In the direction of Mother Teresa, she said, God speaks in the silence of the heart. Listening is the beginning of prayer. God does listen and he answers prayer. We pray and we also shall listen. There are some in the world today who are trying to bring a Christian people to our knees. But the truth is, when a Christian people are brought to our knees, oh, that's when we are most powerful. That's when we are in prayer. And that's when we tap into that limitless source of power and do great things. Now consider this, of we vow to faithfully participate in ministry by our presence. Book of James tells us, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Some would describe their experience of presence to be a fellowship with one another. Indeed, it's a really good thing when we all come together as a Christian people to opportunity to <coughs> get strength from this affirmation of our faith and to share our experiences and our sorrows. God clearly wants fellowship with you and with me. When we are present in worship, we are in fellowship with the body of Christ. Christ is present and we should make sure we are present in the moment as best as we humanly can. Some may find it difficult to be present in church, either physically or mentally or emotionally because of, oh, things do capture our mind, work schedules, the pandemic, personal obligations, and others may not even feel like they fit in the church. In the words of the comedian Groucho Marx, I refuse to join any club that would have me as a member. <laughs> but here's the good news. This, this is a place where all, and I do mean all, are welcome. You see, forgiveness and grace are sort of a big deal for us. With our presence, we make preparations to be present in ministry beyond Sunday. It is practice for what we are to do Monday through Saturday. We should try to strive to make every day a holy day, not just a Sunday morning religion. I also like to consider it heaven practice because when we sing, when we serve and glorify God, we are doing the things that prepare us for eternity and not just for this moment and not even just for this week. When we accept God's presence and we too serve, 
with our presence, great things happen. Consider this. We vow to faithfully participate in ministry with our gifts. The book of Corinthians tells us the point is this. The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the one who sowed bountifully would also reap bountifully. Each of us must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctant or unconscious. For God loves a cheerful giver. All that we have is from God. This includes financial, but also time, thoughts, talents, tasks, and other things. Please be grateful for all gifts in whatever measure they are. As we know, they're not ours, but, but God's. Therefore, be a cheerful giver in giving to God that which he has provided. Soon, soon will be the season where we celebrate Christ's birth, the ultimate gift to humankind. There will also be gifts wrapped and under a certain tree. May we unwrap our gifts from God for the ministry of the church. When we share the gifts God has given us, great things happen. Consider this, we vow to faithfully participate in ministry by our service. Mark, tell us, so Jesus called them and said to them, you know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their ruler, Lord, it over them, and their great ones are turned over them. But it's not so among you, but whosoever wish to become great among you must be your servant, and whosoever wish to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to serve, but to serve and to give up his life a ransom for many. Thank you, Larry. We have in Christ the supreme example of serving others. He washed feet. He proclaimed good news to the oppressed and poor. He restored sight to the blind and he set people free. He fed the hungry and he did much more. Jesus Christ did not come into the world to be served, but to serve. He gave up majesty for humility. Selfless service is truly putting our faith into action. For most of us, some of this service may require a bit of stretching. It may be something that is uncommon or new to you. When you're asked to, to sing in the choir, but you've never had any music, you can still serve. It may require stretching. And I've known people who've done this and they have, been, they have served God and been served very well because they dared to serve. There are many ministries that we do in the community that you can be a part of, a Katie build or a food bank or sitting in someone who just needs a hand to hold there are many, or teaching a class. There may be many things that you can, you can serve in. You may need to stretch beyond your, any limit you ever imagined to serve God. You may show up at a, at a, a, at a Katie build project or I'm sorry, a wheelchair ramp project and show up to a sea of pickup trucks in your Camry, right, President? <laughs> Pastor Matt, yep, yep. And, but yet you go and you do, and you stretch, and you serve. When we leave this 
place and this moment. We are important to the service of God. So when we are in God's service, great things happen. Consider this, we vow to faithfully participate in ministry by our witness. Hebrew tells us, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that cleanse so closely, and let us run with preserving the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfect of our faith, who for the sake of the glory that we set before him endured the cross, disregarding his shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. We are the body of Christ. We are the witnesses to everyone we meet, to those who observe our actions and you never know they did, and for those who hear our voice. We are sometimes called to things that we can never imagine. Moses said to God, God, I'm 80 years old, got my Medicare card and everything and I don't speak so good. And God said, go. And Jonah, he said, that place called Nineveh, it's a rowdy and dangerous place and I don't really care much for those people anyhow. And God said, go. Others said, well, I got other things to do. I got nets to mend, I got fish to catch and I got a funeral to go to. And Jesus said, follow me. So when we have an opportunity to witness, we must follow. There's a story that told about during an interview with Mahatma Gandhi in 1927. It said, he said, Gandhi said, I like your Christ, but not your Christianity. What he observed was what people professed and proclaimed wasn't what they were witnessing. Mm. He did not see that same Christianity lived out in their witness. When we leave this place in this moment, every one of us will be witnesses to Christ. The question might be then for us, what will be that witness? To whom and how? But when our witness shines the light of Christ into the world, really great things happen. So just how much is required of each of us to follow this very serious vow that we have taken involving our active participation in ministry? To answer this, I simply want to ask you. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. I want to double dog dare you to take a sincere vow to serve Christ and to glorify him with your prayers, presence, gifts, and service in any way you're led and wherever you are led. In my prayers, I often ask God for mercy, grace, and forgiveness. It has recently occurred to me that all that with my profession of faith has been assured. Now the action item is mine. Do I show mercy? Do I forgive? Do I forgive myself? So with these actions, we now show what we're to be, be as witnesses. 
and a follower of Christ. How much? It's an all-in commitment because Christ himself emptied all of himself for us. And what was left was his unabiding love for us, his limitless love for us. To describe this, hear the words, listen carefully to the words from the refrain of a hymn by Bessie Hatcher. It's called, Let Me Burn Out For Thee. Let me burn out for thee, dear Lord. Burn and wear out for thee. Don't let me rust or my life be a failure, dear God, to thee. Use me and all I have, dear Lord, and get me so close to Thee that I feel the throb of the great heart of God until I burn out for Thee. Heavenly Father, we love you. Help us to always be mindful of what our vows mean and that we put them all into action, all in for you today, tomorrow, and for all our time and be there as best we can. In, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.